You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This would be our number two of The Rob Carson Show. Here's the phone number if you'd like to uh, call in and comment. 800-922-6680. So, uh, you know, they're talking about this budget. You know, and the federal government is spending is out of control. We all know this. The federal budget is uh, out of control. The, uh, the the Biden administration used the COVID to blow up federal spending and wreck the economy and cause inflation. And, of course, COVID caused uh, American businesses to shut down, people being driven out of business, people losing their jobs, uh, massive destruction. All of that stuff could have been completely avoided. It was uh, nonsensical. And so the federal government apparently has a problem with spending cuts. Spending cuts. You and I don't have a problem with spending cuts. We've had to do it the last three years. But we are actually, I, uh, maybe it isn't associated with this, but there's a whole lot of spending cuts going on in America, including uh, spending on Bud Light. Bud Light spending is way down, about 30% down. We've done some spending cuts. America is doing spending cuts, like not spending as much on Bud Light and presumably also not spending as much at Target. Because Target has this big trans uh, section in their stores, and uh, it's inspired by a Satanist who's an LGBTQ member in England. I know, I know, that's Target. That's uh, that's your Target there. So they've kind of uh, painted a Target on themselves. See what I did there? Okay, I hear crickets. So here is Ted Cruz talking about the uh, the facts on the debt and deficit and the budget. You know, given Squawk Bucks get, gets into the numbers, I think it's worth pausing for a second and yes. reflecting at how different this is from the past. So 2017, total federal spending was about $4 trillion. Yeah. Total federal tax revenue was about $3.3 trillion. Course, now, yeah. quick math, that means we had about a $700 billion. Debt. Yeah, spend like that and see how long you stay in your house. So that was 2017. Fast forward to today. Total spending has gone from four trillion up to six and a half trillion dollars, six point four trillion dollars. Yeah. Tax Unreal. revenues have exploded. Tax revenues have gone from three point three trillion to four point eight trillion. Now, now, has the government given you more for your money, or given less and done less and not solved any problems like the Inflation Reduction Act? was supposed to do and now they're pivoting to the president saying oh yeah yeah well all these programs really aren't going to kick in for years which goes to what i've always said is that they pass bills for something completely different like the inflation reduction act was for eighty-five thousand new irs agents and a bunch of green energy crap had nothing to do with it but they could say that it's about inflation reduction and it was passed and it's awesome and Joe Biden is really passing meaningful legislation just by saying Inflation Reduction Act. That don't work in the real world, kids, and Americans get it. A quick pause to note, when we signed the 2017 tax cuts that I fought very hard to pass, every Democrat went on TV and said this is going to slash federal revenues and blow up the deficit. Turns out they were entirely wrong. They on always that. are. They Every always are. year federal tax revenues have gone up and they've gone up from 3.3 trillion to 4.8 trillion. The problem isn't tax revenues. The problem is we had a spending binge from the Democrats that has caused the national debt to go from 20 billion to 30, 20 trillion rather to 32 trillion we in four that, years. Yeah, this is unbelievable. 
This is absolutely unacceptable. And if you and I spent like this, our asses would be living in a refrigerator box on the corner. And a lot of people are doing that, particularly in California, actually. This is brand new from Jim Gossett. Jim Gossett, ladies and gentlemen, as Mitch McConnell on the federal budget. Nothing's happening here. The debt ceiling deadline is getting near. Kevin won't give an inch. But Joe knows it, Mitch, would ya? It's a cinch. Joe has a feeling that I'd cave on the debt ceiling. Oh, uh, yeah, Mitch will. Legalized stealing to lift the debt ceiling. Joe <laughs> nice. wants to talk. Yeah, sure. I want Mitch at the table. Cause I know that he'll walk nice. Like on the build back broker plan Joe knows McConnell is his man He's got a feeling Come on, bitch That I'll cave on the dead ceiling I'm known for dirty dealing Like caving on the ceiling Joe's got a feeling Be a pal that I'd cave on the dead sea. Yeah, you know, am I, am I the only person, honestly, who's saying uh, who cares at this point? I mean, honestly, we've been threatened for years. The government shut down, default on the debt. We've defaulted on the debt three times, I believe it is, three three times. Once during the Carter administration, I guess. And and generally, uh, you know, what happens when you, uh, when you uh, default on your debt, uh, your credit rating drops, and then you have to get your furniture from Rent-A-Center. And... <laughs> And you got to shop at a dollar store, which is what you and I are doing right now, by the way, by the way. Uh, but uh, they always want to threaten you. They always want to make it seem like, oh, the, you know, that, that if the government doesn't do this or that, your life's going to go to a living hell. Well, I got to tell you this. The government made our lives a living hell the last three years. So honestly, who really gives a rat's behind? Am I the, am I the only person feeling this way? I mean, honestly. I've seen the ends of the earth, brother. I've, I've, seen, I've seen it all. I went from 18 months out of work, uh, my wife leaving me, uh, you know, no money in the bank, uh, you know, getting SNAP benefits. I know, wow, it's, that's pretty distressing. SNAP benefits, by the way. And when you get government SNAP benefits, you eat better than you did before. Oh, boy, I tell you, it's pretty amazing. And then, uh, and then uh, you know, finally did uh, get, a, get a job. I sold cars for three years, you know. And, uh, and you know, I, like I said, I've seen it. I've seen my daughter uh, wear a mask for a year and a half to school, uh, not have any classes at school for eight months, uh, watch uh, my kids suffer because of all this COVID nonsense. And so, honestly, when you threaten me with, oh, my God, we might default on the debt, you know, this is what we do when we're, when we're uh, suffering financially, what you do. And I, I mentioned this last hour. You say, okay, honey, here's what we've got to cover. This is what we've got to cover to keep in our house. And, and what people are doing is they're they're covering their bills and they're using credit cards to buy groceries, and, and they're borrowing money to do this and that. And then when they're not doing that, they're working three jobs. So honestly, please, please, wah wah, just get the damn thing done. Cut the dang budget. Joe Biden has zero zero political capital spend right now. He is uh, not a not a uh, a popular president. Here is this is Ted Lieu, who is now the uh, House Dem Vice Chair, talking about GOP debt negotiations as hostage taking. Do you think really this is going to hold a whole lot of water, considering what the government is doing to us? This is beyond the norm, and if you describe this as a negotiation of both sides issue, you're misleading the public. Because Republicans see you have this button here. 
that they push and it's crash the economy. So they can say, hey, you don't provide billions for a border wall when it pushes button and crash the economy. You don't go to agree to these devastating cuts. They're going to cause over 100,000 jobs to be lost. We're going to push this button here and crash the economy. This is not a negotiations. This is a hostage taking. Oh, really? You know what? Honestly, just uh, just shut up. Just so done with this nonsense. And and here is the latest from CNN with regard to Joe Biden. This is the political capital he has to spend. Generally, what do Americans think about how President Biden is handling the overall economy? So his overall approval on the handling of the economy is not great. 34% of Americans approve, 66% disapprove. Yeah, that's a little upside down. Take a look at his overall job approval. It's a little better than on the economy, but still low. 40% approval, 60% disapproval. And Jake... Take a look at that presidential approval rating matched up against his modern era predecessors at this point in their presidency. Joe Biden's 40 percent where he is now is down here between Jimmy Carter and Donald Trump. Of course, they were just one term presidents. Yeah. And of course, uh, Donald Trump had 98 percent negative press coverage because our our press is corrupt. So, uh, you know, honestly, uh, stop being such wusses, uh, Republicans. Stop being such wusses. Get in there and fight for us. Let's go to our friend Buster in Santa Cruz, the home of glorious KSCO, one of our affiliates. Buster, welcome to the show, man. What's on your mind today? Hey, Rob. Great to hear you. Hey, listen, I am teed off. Uh, I was, I'm doing the research just along on how we're getting uh, abused by the Federal Reserve. I urge everybody do the research. What they're doing is ungodly, Rob. I mean, we are getting abused on multiple levels without even a kiss on the cheek, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Normally, when you get screwed like this, they buy you dinner. That's what I thought. And now they're not <laughs> even leaving the change on the counter after they trash the damn room. No, I mean, the American people, I urge you, please wake up. I mean, this is serious. Uh, one thing they're doing. Research quantitative easing. This is one of their tricks. Only one of their tricks they're using. They are buying valuable assets with digital numbers. They pop up. We're getting, oh, it's unbelievable. Rob, my question is, I can't figure out where all these assets, where's all this wealth going? I don't, I don't understand this. Well, you know, Buster, if you look at the fact that in the last couple of months, three of the largest banks in America went under and all of the people who had their money in those banks was completely covered above the uh, the $250,000 number guaranteed by the FDIC. So clearly there are people who know how to game the system and they know uh, where the money is and they know that the federal government will always bail them out. A lot of the people on the boards of directors at these banks are major Democrat uh, donors. Uh, you've got that. You've got the pipeline between big pharma and the federal government, big uh, whatever in the federal government. And, and honestly, we, if you look at, Buster, the diminishing returns that we are seeing for the money being spent, it is becoming very obvious that the dramatic uh, increase in spending that has taken place in the last couple of years, the Democrats have used crisis to, uh, to perpetuate this and enrich their friends. But as far as the rest of the country is concerned, we see diminishing returns. Returns. We see East Palestine. We see the southern border. We see America's inner cities. And people are just done with it, to be quite honest, Buster. Uh, what do you think about you know, the possibility of a government default? Is it going to ruin your world? Do you suppose that the whole world's going to go to hell in a handbasket? 
Oh, no, no, no. You know, and they, they did a lot of fear. You guys, all of us on Social Security, don't worry about that. They, they, that's the last thing they're going to take. They're not that stupid. Yeah. Once they take Social Security away, we're, we're, we're going out with pitchforks and torches and raising this country upside down if they ever do that. Well, I think we need to do that anyway, Buster. I've got to tell yeah, you, I think we need, we need to surround the Capitol with figurative pitches, uh, pitchforks and, and torches because, honestly, uh, the abuses and usurpations have become so extreme that uh, something has got to have to be done about this country. Thanks for the call. When you've got a, a DOJ and a DHS and an FBI and an IRS that are weaponized against a political movement, uh, something's got to have to change. And there is a good way to do it and there's a bad way to do it. I'm all about doing the good way, peacefully. That's what I'm all about. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, people are on a razor's edge with regard to all of this because they realize that the haves are in Washington, D.C., and the rest of us are the, uh, are the have-nots. All right, coming up, hey, did you hear about this? Uh, uh, a, a, literally, a, a, an enterprise that takes in $90 million in a year is going bankrupt, even though they only spent money enriching their board members and friends and buying mansions. I know, crazy, right? That's on the way. The number is 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. The left has been waging a war on America for decades. That's not right. It's not fair. And we're quite simply not going to take it anymore. Honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's The Rob Carson Show. One of the most uh, transparent examples of pure partisanship is the NAACP recommending a travel ban to Florida because uh, Ron DeSantis and uh, the Florida uh, people in power in Florida have uh, said no to woke nonsense, said no to sex and sexualization of our children, said no to CRT in schools, which, by the way, the left said wasn't being taught in schools until we found out it was being taught in schools. And then they suddenly said, well, if you don't like it, you're a racist. So, you know, I think people are kind of done with all the nonsense all the BS, they see through it. I think, if anything, it's going to cause more people to go to uh, Florida, to be quite honest. That's just the way it goes. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre, who's wrong about everything, lies about everything. Here she is presenting a series of lies of epic proportion. If you were doing a drinking game and you had to do a shot every time somebody lied, you would die of alcohol poisoning by the time she finished talking. Say this more broadly, and where we have been as administration, as a White House, we've been outspoken about the impact of misguided policies advanced by uh, And, of course, anything misguided is uh, anything that the federal government and the Biden administration uh, is, uh, is the opposite of what they're doing. Florida uh, uh, lawmakers, Republicans in, in Florida have uh, attacked diversity. Drink! They've uh, attacked inclusion efforts. Drink! Uh, they've limited the teaching of black history. Drink! And they've uh, launched attacks on the LGBT youth. Drink. Immigrants, educators. Drink, drink, drink. And women's reproductive freedom. That's drink again. That's what you have seen uh, from uh, lawmakers in Florida. So I'll let NAACP, I'll let uh, LULAC speak to their specific uh, uh, specifics of their travel advisories. But this administration is going to, as we have for the past two years, continue uh, to speak out against discriminatory. Please, please declare war on Florida federal government. See what that gets you. So here's what she said. Lawmakers in Florida have attacked diversity and inclusion uh, efforts, which is 
Honestly, shut up. Uh, limiting teaching of black history. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Just CRT. They've launched attacks against the LGBT. No, no, no. They just don't want drag queens uh, teaching. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't want sex and sexuality in schools. They don't want kids uh, being told when they're four that they can change their genders because they can't. Uh, immigrants, educators. Now you just want a strong border. You don't want uh, illegals coming across the border uh, while people stand in line waiting legally to get in here for decades. Women's reproductive freedom. Now you're just uh, putting some limitations on the uh, previous unrestricted abortion in America ushered in by the uh, by the defeat of Roe v. Wade. Those are all the lies. Are you drunk? Yeah, those are those are the lies. And this is what the federal government does. They lie and they lie and they lie and they freak out and they say that because you disagree with them, you hate gay people and black people and babies and this and that and all that. But it's all a lie and everybody gets it. That's why I said earlier, 59% of the American people uh, believe the media is the enemy of the state. And they're right, because they will parrot what she just said, which was a bunch of lies, and say, See? Ron DeSantis hates everybody. Florida hates everybody. Shut up. Let's go to John in uh, Columbia. John, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hey, good, good evening, Rob. So I hope that Ron DeSantis removes her tax status as a nonprofit, because they're obviously a Democrat a hit, hit piece, and that's all they are. And uh, he should expose them for what they are. They're not a nonprofit. They're not non-biased. And they should lose their IRS status. And and here in Maryland, my wife went to uh, pay a a, uh, a licensing fee, and you couldn't pay until you took the diversity class. Oh dear Lord. Yeah, I've got some news on that coming up. If a professor saying that he is not going to be down with signing a diversity pledge because what it is really is signing a pledge to the Democrat Party and the ideology that drives the woke left. That's what it's really all about. But that's a great uh, that's a great idea. Get rid of NAACP's tax exempt status because they're not. They are a political five hundred one c three. That's really what they are, right, John? That's exactly what they are. Yep. So I, I happened to be walking by when my wife was listening to this class that she was mandatory to take, and one of the things that it says is that you can't ask a person what country they, they originated from. Yeah, because it's somehow, it's offensive if you ask somebody what country they're from when you detect an accent. That's just idiotic. But it's controlling speech. Of course, 100%, 100%. That's what I, you know, what I used to do when I had to sell cars. Uh, somebody would come in and they'd have an accident, you know, an ac- accident, an, an accent like from uh, Namibia, right? And so I'd say, I know your accent. And they'd laugh. And I'd say, you're from North Dakota. Ha, ha, ha. Then they'd say, no, I'm from Namibia. I'm like, cool, Namibia, that's cool. What the hell was wrong with that, John? There's nothing wrong with it. And the fact is, you should be proud of where you came from. Hell yeah, bro. I, I, I thank you. I appreciate the phone call. That's one of the things I've always done. Like I, I told you the last time I went to New York, the best conversations I had, and I talked to everybody. I talked to Rudy Giuliani. I talked to all sorts of people, George Papadopoulos and all that. You know the best conversations I had? Uber driver from the airport to the hotel and from the hotel to the airport. And they were from different countries. And I even had a, an hour-long or half-hour-long conversation with one of them, and I don't even speak any Spanish. I use a translator. And they were proud about where they came from. More importantly, they were proud to be in America. Oh, my God. Imagine that. Yeah, the, uh, the, the butt is off the, the woke rose. Rob Finnerty, Wake Up America on Newsmax, joins us next. Don't go anywhere. Put Nancy, Joe, Chuck, Bernie, and Mitch in a retirement home. Rest well and rest easy. You deserve it. It's the Rob Carson Show.
you haven't watched Newsmax lately, you need to tune in. Newsmax is uh, cleaning up, man. I mean, just really uh, taking off a 200-plus percent increase in uh, viewership. Uh, a lot of that, of course, has to do with uh, Tucker Carlson leaving. We get it. We get it. But also, our numbers have been growing for years and have really put the pedal to the metal since uh, DirecTV put us back on after taking us uh, off briefly. And uh, the host of Wake Up America, Rob Finnerty, is on the Newsmax hotline. Uh, Rob, I know that you're very busy today. We've all been blindsided by the big news of the day. I guess I've heard that maybe this Ron DeSantis character is thinking of running for president. I, I don't know if you've heard anything about that. You might want to write that I'm good. Uh, you're cracking up a little on the phone there. Are you are you there? How's that? that that's much better. So, uh, yeah, you might want to write this down for the, the newscast tonight. There's a guy named Ron DeSantis. He's thinking about running for president, and he's uh, supposedly going to make the announcement on this thing called Twitter, I guess. Okay. So, <laughs> been in the media for what? 18 years now on TV. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Twitter's yeah. been around for the majority of that. I have never heard of Twitter spaces. And this morning on the show, <laughs> look, I, I'm trying to give Ron DeSantis the benefit of the doubt. Uh, he went to Harvard. He went to Yale. Brilliant guy. Elon Musk, wealthiest guy on the planet. They probably know something I don't know. But generally speaking, earned media, something that Donald Trump is a genius at, at achieving, there's not a lot of earned media when there's no video. It's only audio. It's going to be like FDR announcing he was running for president in 1932. A day which he lived for infamy, which he did on the radio. So I don't don't understand what this is, and and I'm sure there's an angle, but tomorrow morning when we go to this big announcement, it's not going to be like Tuesday morning when we were looking at Tim Scott's announcement where we had video and an excited crowd and, yes, kind of a Howard Dean moment. But we had something to look at. This is this is very bizarre to me, and this goes back to the root of what I think Ron DeSantis's problem might be, and that's when it comes to retail, working a room, winning over an audience. Look, he's very good legislatively, um, but this might be a bigger problem as he continues his campaign. Remains to be seen, but could be could be a microcosm for what ultimately brings Ron DeSantis down. Well, the, the thing is, uh, Rob, uh, with, with radio and my show, uh, people beg for the uh, get rid of the video element. So it's a little different. They, they, they don't want to see me. They just want to hear my voice. Um, <laughs> that said, you know, I, I have uh, checked out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm the, the, I, I pay for the blue check mark on Twitter. I don't even know what it gets me. All I know is that I'm supporting uh, Elon Musk and what he has done to Twitter because literally, Rob, and, and maybe you know this as well as I do, I, I've been restricted on Twitter. I've had my... my uh, 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 my different posts flagged. I've been taken off of uh, YouTube, blown up from YouTube for putting an RFK video up a couple of years ago that was truthful. I got booted from Facebook the day after the election. My page just went away, and then it just went away completely unpublished by when I was talking about Facebook earlier this year. So um, I'm, I'm supporting Twitter, and I've seen this uh, this uh, Listen Live thing, this, uh, this Spaces thing, and I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's actually pretty interesting. I love the aural media, by the way, because, you know, part of what I do is on the oral media, which is, of course, your ears for you guys who, you know, be Democrats. Um, but but I'm not sure this has the bang for the buck. And, and I, I'm kind of wondering why Elon Musk would, I guess, be, some people might consider him to be taking sides by doing this interview, leading this interview with Ron DeSantis in this announcement today. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's certainly 
a tacit or a passive endorsement of Ron DeSantis. I know he retweeted Tim Scott uh, when he announced. But so to your point, yes, yeah, so grab him by the ears uh, on radio, podcasts. I don't think I've ever watched the YouTube link to a podcast before. I listen to podcasts every single day. But those podcasts, the podcast host or radio host in, in your case, you're generally not announcing that you're running for president. Um, and I think there's a big difference. Put it this way, Carson. If I said golden escalator to you, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump descending the escalator in June 2015. It's a it's a touchstone moment. We can go back to that. People still ridicule it, but it worked. Uh, DeSantis isn't going to have that. He's going to have this weird audio recording. And then he's going to the you know, he'll go to the soft landing spot, which has become Fox News for him. Um, and, and, and he'll be on with Trey Gowdy tonight, I guess, uh, and on Newsmax tomorrow. But uh, I just think it's a very bizarre move. Uh, and it's weird to spend so much time talking about the actual mechanics of the announcement. I'd rather be talking about policy. Uh, I'd rather be talking about the dynamics of the race. But this this has dominated so far today. Yeah, um, I you know I, I'm I'm all for the arena of ideas, allowing as many people into it as possible. Um, I don't believe that Ron DeSantis is the guy who's going to get. Trump voters to leave Trump because they're not going to leave Trump. And part of that is because uh, they, they've been through so much with Trump. They've gone through two uh, uh, ridiculous um, uh, impeachments. They've gone through this, uh, this uh, classified document, the Alvin Bragg thing. Uh, we know Russia collusion was a lie and the federal government was involved in not only trying to throw 2016, but legitimately being very actively in throwing the 2020 election. People aren't going to go, oh, Ron DeSantis, he's young and he doesn't say mean things in tweets. Let's vote for Ron DeSantis. I don't think that's going to happen. We will see. We may be proven wrong, Rob. I'm, I'm not really sure. But yeah, let me... I mean, that's such a good Go point ahead. you make, Carson. Um, I think for, in order for DeSantis to win the GOP nomination, he's got to win the Trump base. Uh, so he's got to be really careful about attacking Trump. But then on the other hand, attack Trump, what's the point of him running in the first place? Yeah. Uh, it, it's a really fine line. I think every candidate is ultimately going to run into that same, that same issue. But on the other side of that, what, is, what does DeSantis have working for him? Uh, 44 years old, young guy. Uh, we hear the Camelot comparisons. Very telegenic, attractive family. Nancy Reagan-type wife. Um, somebody, Casey DeSantis, who's very in control. Uh, and on the other side, he's turned a state that was a, used to be a, a bellwether state, a, a purple state, uh, into a, a dominant red state. He won by 20 points, uh, and he's, he's flipped the, the Florida House completely red, and we've got two... Uh, Republican senators in Florida for the first time since the 1880s. So he's got that to fall back on. The other thing is that CNN town hall 10 days ago, you couldn't ask a single one of those questions to Ron DeSantis, except for the Ukraine question, I guess, which he fumbled, you know, a couple of months ago. But all the questions that they were asking Trump, they can't ask DeSantis. So he's Trump light. He's Trump without a lot of the baggage. Does well, this is what uh, vote? I don't know. Bill Maher said that uh, why would you hire a, uh, a tribute band when you have why would you hire a tribute band to open for the opening act? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so whatever, I, I don't care. <clears throat> I'm not here to steer anybody. I'm not here to piss off anybody. I always get these, you know, people will write me and say, you don't really better be careful. You're going to make you're going to make DeSantis voters mad. Oh, really? You know what? Honestly, uh, DeSantis voters, chill the hell out. If I support Trump, I'm going to support Trump. If you're going to support DeSantis, you support Dennis. Let's move on. Let's talk about the issues. I want to move into Donald Trump on CNN. The best ratings they've had in a long time, five times the normal evening ratings. That was a bad thing to everybody at CNN, except 
except for the uh, the Chris Licht. And now CNN ratings, apparently, people are so angry that they had Donald Trump on that their ratings are uh, collapsing. And then on the other side, uh, Fox fired the most popular truth teller, uh, the only guy who actually watched ever on Fox. I'd record bowling and watch Tucker or vice versa. Uh, and and so they've, they've ticked off a good share of their base. Newsmax has benefited from both of those. Let me ask you, other than the obvious, why people are turning to Newsmax, to you, to Bowling, to uh, to uh, uh, Schmidt, to uh, Greg Kelly. What what do you suppose that they're finding on Newsmax that they've been take has been taken away from them on the other channels? So I think you know, on the one hand, Tucker Carlson's probably the best employee at Newsmax that doesn't work at Newsmax um, <laughs> yet. Maybe yes, who knows how yes. that'll work out. He's still yeah, yeah. contract with Fox. Yeah. Um, but I think the sort of the, the mark on Newsmax for a long time was, yeah, you know, I, I've seen it. I don't really know how to find it. Um, you know, I'm not great with the app and, you know, I, I don't have my cable provider doesn't carry it, whatever. Tucker leaves Fox News. Fox News gets rid of Tucker. Uh, cataclysmic mistake by Fox News, by the way alienating their audience, underestimating uh, how big a voice he is in the conservative movement. Uh, and on the other side of that, Chris Licht has been an utter train wreck at CNN. Um, I didn't disagree with the decision to bring in the leading Republican candidate for the nomination in for a town hall. Um, but, you know, apparently that niche audience that was carved out during the Jeff Zucker days, that anti-Trump niche that was watching CNN, they were totally offended, which is laughable in itself. I think people found Newsmax, our numbers in the morning, Wake Up America, have doubled in the last four weeks. And what's wild, they've increased week over week every single week. So I think what's happening, and this is, look, I work at Newsmax, but this is just my, my assessment, is basically people have found Newsmax and said, yeah, you know what, I like this. I like this. There's no baggage. Um, Wake Up America, we, we kind of greens and fairways. We kind of call balls and strikes. Um, you know, I was calling out the DeSantis video today, but I didn't think the Trump announcement this time around. Uh, was great. You know, he kind of seemed low energy to me. Um, But I I think that's a lot of the reason why people are are kind of tuning in and then most importantly staying. staying, Well, I think think they're tired of... um uh, of anchors changing their stripes. And, right. uh, you know, we've seen a lot of this. Uh, 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 let me ask you, because you, you've been in television a lot longer than I have, um, but but the fact that uh, little old Newsmax, uh, not on every airport in America like CNN, CNN has some major distribution uh, advantages that have, are 30 years in the making over Newsmax, and little old Newsmax is kicking CNN's butt. Did you ever think anything like this? Because, I mean, you as a journalist, um, you've watched the media environment. You've seen CNN. You've seen Fox News. This has got to be to you. This is pretty epic. This is a pretty epic yeah. shift. And, you know, Carson, you and I have known each other for a number of years. Um, I'll tell you what. CNN's in 25 million more households. 25 million. That's New York and Chicago and throw a little Boston on top. Okay? That, that's a lot of households. Eric Bowling, 8 p.m., Eastern Time, Newsmax, is beating CNN head-to-head. That's like bowling, literally, going out into a boxing match with one arm tied behind his back, and he's still winning. Now, Eric's a big guy. Not that big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. CNN, to your point, a 40-year head start. on Eric Bowling is beating Anderson Cooper. You know, people that the legacy media absolutely prop up as, as – you know, as the voice of authority in our business. And if, if I'm CNN, 
I am completely panicked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would imagine it would be like a bomb going off in the newsroom when that first uh, ratings period came in and Newsmax, who probably never even got a mention on CNN unless it was some sort of derision, they probably didn't even bother to mention Newsmax. And all of a sudden, zero to, we're beating you. Uh, honest, I don't think enough can be said about how big this is. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, seismic shift. In, in the way people consume cable news. And, and, and also Newsmax is way ahead in streaming. You know, the Newsmax app, free to download, free to watch. Um, you know, 8 million subscribers in the last several months, uh, or 8 million people have downloaded it. So that's, that's way ahead of, of places like MSNBC and CNN. And look, you know, I, I think in order for um, the, the media landscape to be a little bit more balanced, you know, I, I, I grew up watching Fox News. I've got a lot of friends there. Um, it's sad to see the shift since Ailes died, um, getting rid of Tucker, that's not Bill O'Reilly. That's not, you know, that's not getting rid of Chris Matthews or Matt Lauer or, or Charlie Rose. It's a totally different situation. Um, that was a huge, huge mistake. No one seems to know what happened. It was it tied into Dominion? I, I find it hard to believe that Dominion could, could get an $800 million settlement out of them and a scalp, and not, not just any scalp, Tucker Carlson, the biggest scalp in the, in the business. Um, but Newsmax has been the beneficiary of all these bad decisions which have all come at the same time, um, and it's pretty wild. But it, it reminds me of way back 9-11 happened. Fox News is behind, CNN certainly, uh, kind of neck and neck with MSNBC at that time. Fox News makes the decision to cover, you know, the, the aftermath of 9-11. Uh, it's basically wall-to-wall for, for months on end, uh, and, and it worked to their benefit, and they never looked back. This is that moment for Newsmax right now, and yeah. uh, and hopefully it lasts. We're all we're all working really hard to ensure that it does. Yeah, you know what? It is. Uh, I'm very proud to be part of this uh, scrappy organization because um, I, I've seen the people who uh, who uh, run it. Uh, I, you know, and uh, Chris Ruddy was the guy who called me working at a at a car dealership and said, "Where the hell have you been?" And I said, "Well, in an re- abusive relationship with radio," and he recognized it. Very few people know how to manage talent. He does, and uh, and the talent we have at Newsmax. Like I said, I think they're they are unwavering. They're not going to change. Dear God in heaven, I know that Greg Kelly ain't going to change if somebody tells him to say so. <laughs> you, know, right, right. you know, Greg is like, no, no, don't even bother. He ain't changing. Shut up. So, uh, uh, Rob, I appreciate you joining me, man. Uh, what are you guys going to be working on for tomorrow? Obviously, we'll be talking about the budget, the DeSantis big thing, anything else going on the rest of the week that's uh, yeah, that working on? Yeah, the debt ceiling. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really am kind of tired of talking about it. Uh, they'll figure out something, hopefully, before June 1st. Important to remember, we had Ted Cruz in studio yesterday, and he's like, this date, this June 1st thing, Janet Yellen made that up. It's totally arbitrary. It could be June 8th. All right, Treasury plenty of money to use if they need to use it to extend the deadline. First is a, is kind of a fake deadline. I thought that was interesting. But then, you know, we'll get this Twitter spaces weird, first of its kind presidential announcement tonight. Um, not sure why DeSantis is doing it that way, but we'll be talking about that and the rumors about Chris Christie next, uh, maybe right. as early as next Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, don't waste your money, Chris. Uh, Rob, thanks for the for being with us. Have a glorious uh, day, and uh, we'll watch you on Newsmax. All right. Thanks a lot, Carson. All right. This is The Rob Carson Show. They impeached our president twice for nothing. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. They raided his home. I don't know what to be concerned about. No one, no one seems to. And they call us extremists and fascists for supporting him. Yeah, we're done with all that. It's The Rob Carson Show. I want to thank Rob Finnerty for joining us on the show today. I've known uh, Rob since he was in uh, Kansas City 
really, really good guy. Really, really good guy and does a great job with uh, the morning show there. Uh, let's go to Chris in Fort Worth, one of my favorite uh, listeners. Chris, my friend, what's on your mind today? Oh, my man, Rob. Oh, this is your man, Catman Chris in Fortress Fort Worth. I love you, man. I have three requests, three what? simple requests. Yes. First one is we're going to talk about Ron. Uh, but, but before that, I'm going to let you know I need a fix, man. I need a fix. I, I need you to hook me up, man. I need some humor from Rob. I okay. want your wisdom. But okay. now uh, the third one will be about your, your, your weekend TV show. Yes. Let's get to the, the meat and potatoes, the whole thing. Okay. I love Ron DeSantis. I think he's a wonderful governor. He must stay in Florida and govern as he promised, as when he's elected. It wasn't for Trump. He wouldn't be governor in the first place. That's true. Let's face the facts. He barely sneaks through that race. And to take on Trump, he's taken on MAGA. And that means he's taken on me. And... I love the guy, but I, uh, and I know he feels this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But the problem is he has lobbyist interest groups and uh, waving boatloads of money at him. Run, run, run. Now, doesn't matter if he wins or loses. They and, and the consultants will make a lot of money out of it, no matter if he wins or loses, because yeah. he's going to be owned by them. Yeah. Trump is his own man. On top of that, he has the best resume. Because he's been president. He knows what alleys not to go down to. They're dead ends. He also knows where the bodies are buried, and he knows how to, t to blow up the swamp. That's the most important thing. Exactly. And people uh, want retribution, Chris. Chris, they want retribution. They want, they know that the election was stolen in 2020 because it's provable the FBI and the, and the DOJ was involved in it. There's no doubt about it. They tried to throw to 2016. That only adds fuel to the fire of people who say that Donald Trump should be the president now. So Ron DeSantis isn't going to cause anybody to abandon that. I'm just being honest here. This is not about being a Trump supporter. It's about the facts. People are not going to, uh, they are not going to abandon MAGA, and there's a reason why Joe Biden and Corinne Jean-Pierre and the Democrats still call everything MAGA, because they're terrified of Donald Trump. There is no other reason for it, Chris. Absolutely. I agree with you, Rob, and he is going to win a third time. All right, Chris, listen, I got, I got to run. I'm sorry I'm up against heartbreak. I do have a new uh, uh, Black Lives Matter theme song, which will add to your, your humor thing that you're asking about. We'll get to that, but I thank you for calling. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Last hour of The Rob Carson Show, coming up, uh, BLM going out of business. BLM. That was one of the organizations you could not criticize online. The federal government decided when they were shutting down free speech during COVID and that you couldn't criticize uh, vaccines, vaccine, vaccine injuries. Uh, you couldn't talk about the southern border. They shut down dozens of, uh, of things that you, you wanted to talk about, but the government decided that they would call your beliefs disinformation and misinformation. If you said anything bad about Black Lives Matter, you got taken down. That's true. I know this. Uh, Facebook pummeled me every time I would say what a joke that Black Lives Matter is. Black Lives Matter has done about as much for the, for the uh, black population of this country as the Democrat Party has in the last 50 years and that Joe Biden has done in the last three, which is nothing. In fact, if anything, things have gotten worse. 
So we're going to get to that. I do want to mention this because it's important. Because freedom of speech is the most important right that we have, and it is backed up by the Second Amendment. That's what has made us into the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind. First Amendment backed up by the Second Amendment. But anyway, a COVID vaccine injured file lawsuit against Biden regime over censorship. You you can't sue Pfizer. You can't sue the, the vaccine manufacturers for COVID injuries or for vaccine injuries. We all know that they happened. The government told us, no, they don't. The government even had a vaccine adverse reaction site where people would post their stories. And even the government maligned that. So the government was so down with the vaccine companies that they would not allow you to share your vaccine injury or vaccine death story. So in a significant legal development, a woman who suffered severe nerve damage after receiving a COVID shot, along with four other individuals who with confirmed suspected suspect uh, vaccine injuries, uh, filed a lawsuit against Joe Biden and his administration. The lawsuit was filed in southern Texas. Aside uh, from Biden, defendants include his top advisor, Rob Flaherty, White House Communications Director Corinne Jean-Pierre, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, of course, which created a disinformation governance board to shut down speech about things like vaccine injuries, among others, and the CDC and the Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. The plaintiffs allege that the Biden regime violated their rights to free speech and peaceful assembly by by pressuring big tech to crack down on individuals sharing their adverse reactions following COVID-19 vaccinations. Brian Dressen and the other four individuals argue that the government's actions represent an unconstitutional infringement on their rights to express their opinions and to peacefully assemble. And that's what they did for the last three years. You couldn't peacefully assemble in Washington, D.C. to protest the abuses and usurpations of the federal government. The, the big trucker protest that was shut down in Canada by the communists who's in charge up there, they prevented it from happening in Washington, D.C. They blocked the exit ramps. They kept the uh, National Guard in Washington, D.C. for a year following the election to shut down your free speech. And then when they couldn't shut down in, in person, they shut down online and in the mainstream media. They claim that the defendants have resorted to uh, threats, pressure, inducement and coercion to suppress their voices. Through threats, pressure, inducement, coercion, defendants now work in concert with social media companies to censor content the government deems it disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation, a feat that the government could never lawfully accomplish alone. Ka-boom. What did I say? I figured out on my own. If the mainstream media, the deep state, and big social media say what you believe is disinformation or misinformation, it means they know you know the truth. Ka-boom. Never been more true. The five people who experienced serious problems following the vaccination are joined by Ernest Ramirez, whose son died after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. They've repeatedly been censored by platforms like Twitter and Instagram as they tried to share their stories. Ramirez, for instance, saw GoFundMe that sought to raise funds for him to travel to Washington to share his son's story. It was taken down. Yeah, GoFundMe is a political tool. They shut down conservative fundraising. That's true. Dude, I have had my T-shirt company, the company that I hired, T-Public. I, I, I put up designs up there, and they've taken my designs down because they disagreed with them politically. I have, I have one. It's called, it says Chuck and then Fina. It's about China. It's got the Chinese flag on it. That's what it says. They took it down. I had a, 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 a sheep with a mask on it, and it just said the words NAH. They took it down. 
It is it is widespread across so many levels. Companies companies uh, literally shutting down uh, conservative speech as well as the mainstream media and big tech. Another plaintiff, Nikki Holland, meanwhile posted videos of TikTok regarding her experiences after being vaccinated, including the injuries she suffered. TikTok said the videos violated guidelines such as one against posting violent and graphic content. Well, the vaccine did it to her. Other plaintiffs include Sean Barkavage, former nurse who's been on disability leave since suffering medical problems after receiving the, the Pfizer vaccine. Christy Dobbs, a dental hygienist who suffered the debilitating medical injuries after a shot of the Pfizer vaccine. Susanna Newell, who is also on disability leave due to problems following vaccination. One Facebook group called A Wee Sprinkle of Hope was shut down after Dressen posted an infographic of symptoms people have experienced following COVID-9 vaccination. The case highlights the ongoing discussion about the Biden regime's collusion with big tech to censor and suppress dissenting views and throw elections. Now, we also know that the Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt is now a senator, along with Louisiana Attorney Jeff Landry, Attorney General, filed a lawsuit. Uh, the Department of uh, Homeland Security, Anthony Fauci, nearly a dozen federal agencies. That's currently going on. The suit alleges a massive coordinated effort by the deep state to work with big tech to censor and manipulate Americans from average citizens to news outlets on issues including the Hunter Biden laptop from hell, 2020 election integrity, couldn't say anything about it, COVID-19's origins and and extent skepticism, COVID-19 vaccine skepticism, and other things. You were told you couldn't go to church, and you did it. You didn't go to church. You were told that you couldn't have more eight people, more than eight people, in your uh, in your home for a barbecue. You were told you couldn't walk outside with your dog without a mask on. People need to be held accountable for this. They need to be sued into oblivion, into oblivion. Um, this is interesting. So Howard University is kind of like the NAACP. They have put uh, politics ahead of their constituents in a major way. The NAACP is telling people who, uh, uh, because uh, Ron DeSantis said no to racial uh, CRT in schools, uh, teaching white kids to hate themselves and say that they're privileged and teaching black kids that they have no hope for anything in this country because it's so racist. And so the NAACP literally put out a travel warning to people of color to not go into Florida, even though Florida has the highest number of uh, black people who are successful in business in the nation. 40% non-black population. If you go deeper down into southern Florida, you're going to find people of color, black people, African-Americans, is other, you know, whatever you want to call uh, black people, uh, uh, people from Cuba, etc. So it's absurd on the face of it. The NCAA is so, or NAACP, sorry, I always do that. The NAACP is so in the pants of the Democrat Party that they will say anything to stay in the good graces of the left. Same goes with Howard. Howard University, historical black uh, institution, could add anybody speak to their 2023 graduating class who've been through hell because of the government, because of bad policies, uh, because of bad COVID policies, because bad economic policies that impact black people more than white people, more than anybody else generally, blacks, Hispanics, most impacted, southern border, et cetera. And what does Howard do? They chose to have Joe stinking Biden a privileged white man who's been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years, who's only enriched his family. They could have had anybody inspirational. 
Think about all the black voices who are inspirational, who have achieved beyond the dreams of any average American the riches and the influence. There are hundreds and thousands of people they could have chosen from, but they chose Joe stinking Biden. And in the crowd, there was one student who stood up and says, Joe Biden hasn't done anything for black people. And then there's this video. This is a guy who was uh, videotaping himself and his friends watching Joe Biden in disbelief that they chose this guy to speak at their graduation. Howard, you disappointed us. This is the worst graduation of my life. This is a campaign speech. A campaign speech. You got this white man here, Howard. What is going on? I would have given a better speech. I did give a better speech. What an insult to these students. My high school graduation. My high school graduation was a lot better than disappointed. Howard, you disappointed us. Tremendous. Like, you could have had Michael Jordan. Could have had Michael Jordan. You could have somebody. Who Can you imagine Michael Jordan? Who actually did something good for. Something, yeah, something good for the black community. You feel me? I would have even been fine with Fifty Cent. It wouldn't make sense. Jay Z, out of all the people, nah, how? Oh my, oh my God! Oh, I'd be mad too. I'd be mad as hell. What an insult to not only their their uh, tenure at the university, but also uh, their heritage, because they allowed this guy, this guy. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. You got the first sort of mainstream. You could not think of, I mean, of all the people that Howard University could invite. They invited Joe Biden. This is Ice Cube. Ice Cube, I've, uh, I got to meet him about 10, 12 years ago. went to Disney World. He had a TV show on TBS called... Uh, uh, are we there yet? It is a pretty good show. Uh, hung out with uh, Terry Crews. My God, what a cool guy. And Ice Cube. And, uh, and uh, Ice Cube is a Gen Xer. He's a guy who ushered in this, uh, this musical explosion of hip-hop, which has kind of descended in some ways, but was, was one of the original founders of hip-hop and, uh, and some amazing music and, and a, a true success story in America who came from nothing to achieve the upper point zero 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 percent of success, not only in the United States, but the entire world. And here is what Ice Cube had to say about the Democrat Party. I don't know what's going on in the African-American community when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Like, black people have supported Democrats, you know, uh, overwhelmingly for mm -hmm. 50, 60 years. And, and nothing has changed. So something's got to change. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Donald Trump said it during uh, his campaign. He says, what do you got to lose? What do you got to lose at this point? Honestly. This is new from Jim Gossett featuring Jesse Jackson on vocals about Black Lives Matter going out of business. My name's Jesse and I'm here to say Black Lives Matter has seen that day 8.5 million in the hole Black Lives Matter is out of control. They're out of control. That's pretty good, Jesse Jackson. Luxury homes is what they buy. Helping the community's a big fat lie. It's a lie. They've done nothing. Black Lives Matter, soon they will fold. The message of hate is getting old. Yeah. And I should know. <laughs> Send those donations to BLM. 
Broke Lives Matter. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, uh, Black Lives Matter going out of business. Eight five eight point five million dollars into the red. All they had to do was gather money and spend it. Patrice Colors no longer is a part of the uh, the group. Uh, uh, Paul Colors, one of the uh, the BLM's only two paid employees during one year, collecting one hundred twenty six thousand dollars. But it gets much worse. 2021 tax filings reveal Black Lives Matter paid a company owned by Damon Turner, the father of Kohler's child, $970,000 to produce live events. Shamoyla Bowers took over for Kohler's when she resigned, was paid $1.7 million for management and consulting services. Uh, for a sister, Black Lives Matter board member Raymond Howard, was also employed in a lucrative role as a consultant. They spent money on mansions. They spent $12 million on luxury properties in L.A., Toronto including a $6.3 million 10,000-foot square foot property in Canada that used to belong to the Canadian Communist Party, among other things. It's always been a joke for those who ever harassed me for saying it was a joke. Uh, you know what you can do? Yeah, BLM, bye-bye, did nothing for the black community, and neither is the Democrat Party for the last 50 years, and people get it. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. The left burned our cities. They told us to hate America as founded. Well, we're not only saying no, we're saying hell no. It's the Rob Carson Show. I don't know what's going on in the African-American community when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Like, black people have supported Democrats, you know, uh, overwhelmingly for Mm -hmm. 50, 60 years. And, And nothing has changed, so... Something's got to change. One you more thing think. I want to ask about. You would think um, that, is, uh, that is Ice Cube. And, uh, you know, stating the obvious. Donald Trump said to the black community, what do you got to lose? And then what happened? Things got worse. Things got much, much worse in America's inner cities and places like uh, New York City and uh, Baltimore and uh, San Francisco and L.A. and all these idiots, all these Karens saying, you know what? The black community would be better if there were no police. And then who suffered because of it? And then there's the absolute implosion of the, uh, of the black nuclear family caused by Democrat policy. Largely the, uh, the great society of Lyndon Johnson, who was a racist, by the way. What was it? Didn't, didn't Spike Lee do a movie called Bamboozled? Because that's kind of what the Democrat Party has done, flim-flammed and lied. And, and now they, they know that black people will vote Democrat. That's why they are doing the southern border, opening up the southern border and, and not listening to the black voices going, hey, man, you're just you're killing us here. But see, they, they believe and they take advantage of those who they feel like the vote is guaranteed. Then they move on and they work for another constituency. That's what the Democrat Party is, guys. And, and you know, even Facebook, presumably with the help of the federal government, shutting down freedom of speech, they got rid of the walk away movement. They did right after it was either right after or right before the 2020 election. They blew up the walkaway movement. What it was was 500,000 people sharing their stories of why they left the Democrat Party, most of them black people. And Facebook blew it up to shut them up. Yeah. Let's go to Rob in Middle River, been holding. Rob, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hi, here's what's on my mind. Um, sir, I am so disgusted with the voting public. I'm in a rage over the voting public, and I'm blaming them for the demise of our country. Look how many times, look how many times the people in Delaware voted for Biden. Mm -hmm. Look how many times people voted for Schumer, Pelosi, Cardin, uh, 
and on the opposite side, uh, uh, Lindsey Graham, Old Mitch. They vote for these people for name recognition, and they screwed us royally. I am really blaming the people and their dumbness and their uninformedness for getting us in this situation. Your comment. Oh, I agree completely, particularly when it comes to Democrat-run enclaves like New York City, states of New York, states of California, where people are leaving in droves. Uh, I blame them. And you know what? I don't care. I don't care if California goes bankrupt. I don't care if New York City, uh, you know, if they are incurring a major homeless issue, uh, it's their problem when you declare yourself a sanctuary city. Uh, and if you keep voting for this crap, then it's your own problem, Rob. You're 100% right. Same, same goes with people. But although I'll say Mitch McConnell got Donald Trump's endorsement and he lied. So, but it, but yeah, I understand what you're talking about. It, it, it's very hard. I'll also say, Rob, it, it also is very hard to elect someone who is entrenched, who's been in Washington D.C. for a very long time, especially when it comes to senators. So part of it is part of it is the, the name recognition. Part of it is the money machine. Part of it is uh, is big media. But but I completely understand where you're coming from. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Chris in Timonium, Maryland. Chris, welcome to the Rob Carson. Nope, Chris is not there. Glenn in Easton, Maryland. Hello. Uh, Glenn, welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon, Rob. Um, so my son graduated from McDaniel College, which is just west of Baltimore this past weekend, and Bob Woodward was the speaker, and he was absolutely horrible. He rambled on for 25 or 30 minutes. He's an older guy. I mean, he was just talking in circles about why did Ford pardon Nixon? And it was complete, It had no meaning to the graduates. They, oh. they weren't alive when this happened. I, I could, I could kind of follow it because I lived through it, and I was a political science major in college, so I knew what he was talking about. But I had to fill in lots of blanks from him talking, and it was just horrible. And then when my daughter graduated from the University of Maryland a couple of years ago, James Clapper was the speaker, oh, and God. his main topic was tell the truth. But it was all I could do to shut up, and my wife elbowing me in the ribs to shut up from him yelling, you lied to Congress. You All right, Glenn, I got to run, but I appreciate the uh, comments. Yeah, conservatives are never invited to con- to speak. That's why I've never been invited to my alma mater, among other things. All right, last half hour of the show right ahead. There is much to get to. This is The Rob Carson Show. while we're expected to dine on the crumbs. To those who strove to deter us from our responsibility, you have failed. Time to send those crumb suckers home. It's the Rob Carson Show. So I haven't spent a lot of time on uh, Carrie Lake's lawsuit in uh, Arizona. And I said, uh, if this uh, election is allowed to stand, it's the end of uh, elections in the country. I still stand by that, by the way. Um, because it's a sham. It's a shakedown. It's put on. Nonsense. Uh, if you think that just because a judge rules on it that somehow uh, all of the uh, issues, all of the malfeasance is excused, you're wrong because our DOJ is crooked too. Uh, if anything, the last uh, two years has shown how unbelievably biased our federal DOJ is, how uh, local uh, uh, AGs, attorney generals of states are completely in the tank for Democrats. Alvin Bragg, anyone? Letitia James, anyone? And Carrie Lake, uh, Judge Peter Thompson, uh, ruled in favor of the defendants. Carrie Lake was saying, how in the hell do you confirm 274,000 ballot signatures using less than three seconds apiece? Which is absolutely fair. But the judge, looking for any excuse to excuse the lawsuit, sided with the defendants. Yeah, that's just the way it is. 
And then the reason why I say it is because no other county than Maricopa County in America, no other county in America experienced a 65% failure rate on the day of the election when Republicans were voting. That's it. It's nonsensical to think this was in somehow uh, or some way, shape, or form uh, fair. You had the uh, the uh, uh, attorney general for the state, or the, no, the secretary of state of the state, Carrie Hobbs, Katie Hobbs, in charge of the elections, supposed to fix the election system because it had been failing since 2012. She could have recused herself. She should have recused herself. She did not. There were people on the Maricopa County Board of Directors who raised money to defeat Carrie Lake, and they were in charge of signature verification. So nonsense. Here's Carrie Lake yesterday taking a reporter down. There were a lot of arrogant reporters there yesterday making jokes. 100% of the coverage of Carrie Lake in Arizona was all negative, 100%. Every story about Carrie Lake was negative. There was a war against Carrie Lake being elected in Arizona. I stick by that because I have the right to say that. You see, the First Amendment protects my opinion. Brom Resnick is a, uh, a reporter, and uh, he was being an arrogant little SOB. And uh, yesterday, Carrie Lake had had just about enough of it, and they gave him a little what fur. The first time I met you, Brom, was at a story where you're always, what I'm trying to say is you're always on the wrong side. You're always on the wrong side. <laughs> we were at a story where we were fighting as mothers. I was leading a rally at ASU. It was 115-degree heat leading a rally to get our students out of masks. And Braun was standing there rooting for our kids to be masked up. You're on the wrong side of history. And I remember distinctly that day because you refused to say the Pledge of Allegiance and put your hand on your heart. So that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. It's unfortunate. And I'm keeping it. Let me answer the question. I didn't, I didn't make anything up. I, I, I'm right. Our children should not have been in masks. They shouldn't have been in masks. They're not healthy for our children. And you were there cheerleading for masks and vaccines like you have been. You're cheerleading for Maricopa County to continue to run shoddy elections. And we're not okay with it, and that's fine. You don't have to say the pledge you're in America, but it tells me everything I need to know about where you stand with this country. Onward and upward to the Supreme Court. Here she is talking about the ruling by Judge Peter Thompson and the joke of signature verification. Maricopa's log file data shows that 11 of these signature verification workers approved 170,000 signatures at a rate of less than between zero and 2.99. This is actually her legal team in court. In seconds, with a 99.97% approval rating. That's not signature review, Your Honor. No. Simply flashing a signature on the screen, clicking a button and moving on is not signature review. Yeah, it's a joke. And here's finally uh, Carrie Lake responding to the uh, the judgment by the judge that will be appealed to the Supreme Court. And can you believe that a judge is okay with that? Wow. Yeah, they're just doing this. <clears throat> Pressing the approve button. Approve, approve, approve. Yep, yep, yep. No scrolling down to yep. actually compare signatures. Yep. It is a complete joke, and this is why we need to reform our elections. And and this is Ray Valenzuela. He took the stand. He didn't know the difference between an average and a percentage, and yet he's trying to uh, crunch the numbers and tell us that everything they're doing is fine. And another thing we learned in this trial was that 99 people can approve signatures behind the scenes, frankly, in their own homes. People like 
Bill Gates and people like Stephen Richer. And who are those people? Ray Valenzuela. I mean, Stephen Richer and Bill Gates started a super PAC to try to bring me down as a candidate. And they can be home sitting in their underwear, pressing the approve button on signature verification. Yeah, yeah. Um, our election system, it, it, for those of you who say that it's fair and everything, uh, it's, it's irrevocably broken at this point. We know that the federal government, the FBI, was involved with Hillary Clinton. It's really funny. They're talking about Hillary Clinton 2024. That was involved in attempting to throw the election. She worked with the FBI on the Steele dossier, presented to a FISA court, misled a FISA court to surveil her opponent. She was a part of that. She should never be able to run again and should be in jail because of it. And then the FBI successfully pulled a coup d'etat in 2020 with their involvement covering up Hunter Biden's laptop, the IRS covering up uh, uh, Hunter Biden's tax issues, the FBI sitting on a, a whistleblower from when Joe Biden was the VP, the FBI sitting on the fact that Joe Biden had thousands of confidential documents from when he was the a senator in different locations, including his home and the garage, all of that, all of that. And yet people are saying, oh, yeah, the elections are completely fair. Well, if you were on the uh, uh, receiving end of this screw job, you'd feel differently. And people like Carrie Lake and I are not going to forget it. Let's go to Matt in Boone, North Carolina. He says that his daughter got the COVID shot and uh, she regrets it. Matt, I appreciate you holding, my friend. I'd like to hear your story. Tell me about it. Rob Karsanowski, since Joe Biden identified <laughs> as a Polish one time, I thought we were just my last name is Karsanowski, so thanks for having me on the program. <laughs> yeah, really? Okay. Hey, uh, so, you know, during the height of COVID, my, my daughter is a graduate of University of Texas nursing program, so she's much smarter than I am. I was just a potent philosophy grad. And um, so we had this heightened argument over science through this whole mess. She called last night, and she said, Dad, I think I'm wrong about the COVID shot. And I said, what? What do, you, what do you mean? She said, I'm having chest pains. Now, Rob, my daughter's five foot ten. She was a track star. She's in great shape. She, her, her, thank God she married a boy from South Carolina, but they're moving from Houston to Austin. And thank God she's woken up before she's moved to Austin because they move next month. But so, so I she's she's. Hope. I think she's she is twenty eight. She's stubborn. I almost lost her in college. Here I am. Her mother and I are paying our way through college, and she's getting brainwashed and all this fake science and all this ideology. But I tell you what, the light came on last night. She's not fickle. She sticks to her beliefs. She's passionate, and and it took her having myocarditis. For her to come around.
So she's got mitocarditis. This is uh, unbelievable. And I'm yeah. sure that, uh, you know, as with so many, and we have celebrities screaming at us saying that, uh, that people who are not uh, uh, vaccinated should be allowed to die in the hospital, should not be allowed to get to organ transplants, et cetera. And now we're finding out it was all a giant lie. It was all a giant lie. It was all covered up by the government. You couldn't say anything on social media about it. And I know there have got to be thousands of people out there who are saying, who are experiencing what your daughter is experiencing. How is she feeling right now? And then what are they uh, offering her? There are some some things that people are, like Robert McCullough is saying, there's a way you can reverse the effects. Yes, have you, yes. in, in, okay, have you investigated yes. that? Yes, my brother's in the my brother's in the pharmaceutical world, and he's 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 level-headed. So the good thing is this: she's open to detoxing um, and flushing out her system. She's looking, and I mean, Rob, she bikes. They live in this cool little area in Houston. She bikes, she bicycles to work every time she has her shift. I mean, she's fit. She's in great shape, and uh, she can't run anymore right now. She's not riding her. She can't. She has such bad chest pain. She can't do anything except barely get through her shift so you know the fact that she came down and said i i should have never i should have listened to y'all you know i should have my my wife grew up in polish communism and um she knew and just instinctively she knew that this was a hoax this was this vaccine collusion it was a complete hoax and fiction and um so so here we are, but you know what? It, it, you know, you know. Listening to the program for the last thirty-five minutes, I'm hearing all this depressing stuff. But you know what? There's hope. We're going to win this. Well, it's and that's what I. Battle. I, I, and I have to bring you the bad news to get to the good news. I, I'm not giving up. Yeah. I'm optimistic. Um, I know you're optimistic, and that's why I, I don't listen to pessimistic people. But well, I tell you what, I, I am. Well, I've been listening to you for years because of your comedy. But you. uh, I tell you what, it's 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 so satisfying as a parent to say that she has come around because I'm telling you she is one of these Gen Z people that they're right you're wrong and you should be I mean she she punished us by just berating us like you don't know anything I'm the science person in the family like science is detached from reasoning and presuppositions that, that you know and I asked her about well what's the scientific method and she can't even tell me the scientific but she can now because she's finally listening to me. She's finally listening to her parents. Yeah. Now we're not perfect. We don't make. We don't always make uh, wise decisions. We try to make the best decisions, and we hope there's wisdom in that. But thanks be to God, she's coming around. And then I've got a question for you about music, real quick. You have okay. Yes, go ahead. How did you choose the collective soul theme song? Uh, Collective Soul, I, I love the song. I like the fact that it is, it's called Heavy, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, it, it was between uh, Alice in Chains' um, uh, No Excuses, which is kind of a theme song for my life, um, uh, uh, Audio Slaves, Show Me How to Live, and Collective Soul, Heavy. The reason why I like Heavy is because it's forward-moving. Um, it, it is a, a hat tip to my masculinity. Um, and yeah. I and I, I like the energy of it. That's really why. Yeah, those guys are good. They come from a good family, too. Oh, yes, sir. All right. God bless you, Matt, and, and God bless your daughter. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You bet. Yeah, the dominoes are falling, guys. I mean, you know, if you've listened, and, and I've heard, you know, some of you have listened to me since the day I signed on, and you know that uh, 
with common sense and reason and life experience, you can look at these things and go and call them out ahead of time. I, I chose not to take the vaccine because I had a heart attack when I was 31 years old. And the reason being is I had a, uh, a strep throat and a high fever, and they say that I either uh, threw a blood clot or had a spasm of vessel. And, uh, and, uh, and I went from bench pressing 350 pounds to being told not to push too hard in the bathroom, and I carried nitroglycerin in my pocket for a year. That'll freak you out as a 31-year-old. Hey, man, if you feel some pains in your chest, uh, just pop a nitro in your mouth. I never had to use it. That's why I didn't do it. And then I was selling cars. I know you're tired of hearing it, but I was selling cars, and every day... I would go up to the the car the the uh, hospital, the largest emergency room in Johnson County, Kansas, which doesn't sound big, but it is. Never had a full parking lot of people being treated for COVID. Never did. Nobody. Never. 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 Never walked in a couple times. Nobody there. And I look at all of the things that we've been told about, like Joe Biden, the, right after he got inaugurated, had a, a big candlelight vigil on the Lincoln Memorial on the reflecting pool. They had votive candles up either side of it for 400,000 people who died while Donald Trump was the president. Since then, another million people have died. No candlelight vigil. Why is that? What famous people died of COVID exclusively? What politician in Washington, D.C. died exclusively of COVID? What big-name celebrity, what big-name individual died exclusively of COVID? How many people died exclusively of COVID in your life? I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm not saying people didn't die. I'm not saying that it wasn't severe. I know that it affected people who had comorbidities, particularly the older people. Those are the ones who we should have focused on. But instead, the federal government decided to use a giant power move something unprecedented in human history to throw an election and to take more control away from you and me and shut down your speech and shut down everything. And now we get it. And we have to pick up the pieces of our children who got the vaccine, even though we said, you know, you shouldn't do it. All right, we'll let you do it. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. They shut down your kid's school. They forced them to wear masks. They taught them CRT and radical transgender nonsense. Now, Mama Bear and Papa Bear are pissed. It's the Rob Carson Show. Obviously, uh, many of us have had our uh, evening viewership habits interrupted with the firing of Tucker Carlson. Uh, I used to have a uh, slightly uncomfortable relationship with Fox News. Tucker was the only show I really watched unless it caught Gutfeld. And I still like Greg Gutfeld and his cast of characters. I think what he's doing is pretty revolutionary and pretty awesome. I do a, a comedy show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World? And uh, so a lot of things have changed, and uh, a lot of people are turning to Newsmax because they're looking for a name they can trust. And Eric Bowling is uh, proving a, a terrific, terrific uh, alternative to Fox News now that they've gotten rid of Tucker Carlson, although he was, I mean, right up there with Tucker when he was on. That said, if you're looking for an alternative, if you're looking for a, a network there, the net that where, the, where the anchors don't change their stripes depending on who the sponsor is, you might consider going to Newsmax. Uh, tonight, I believe Bowling has Victor Davis Hanson, which to me is always must-see TV. I love Victor Davis Hanson. He is uh, hes a sage. hes I sit there, and he is my sensei. I like to sit on the ground, uh, legs crisscrossed, you know, um, listen to VDH because he's the dude. So I'll be watching him tonight. Ford Motor Company has announced it's reversed its plans to cut AM radios from its new vehicles starting in 2024. 
because uh, they were going to pass this uh, AM Save AM Radio Act. Um, and listen, uh, I'm all about tech for crying out loud. I have a broadcast studio I built in my home, including a TV studio. But uh, a lot of people still listen to AM radio, and the reason why AM radio is so expensive is because it's where you turn to, I don't know, when the world is ending, when there's a thunderstorm uh, bearing down on your city and you're going to go into the shelter and you need something to listen to, AM radio is there, always has been. Also, AM radio is there for uh, local sports, high school football games, high school basketball games, all that stuff. And I might mention, sometimes the only voice of uh, people who have come from places like in Chicago, they've got Polish radio stations. In in Miami, they have Hispanic radio stations. Most of those ethnic stations are on the AM dial. It's where they go. It's how they can be heard as Americans who were born somewhere else. So Ford, and I was like kind of upset because I got a Ford Bronco, my first new car in 20 years. I'm like, Ford, what are you doing? And then Ford says, ah, we're going to go ahead and keep them. So good for Ford. I'll support Ford, and I proudly drive my Bronco, who I have lovingly named Buck, uh, with my, uh, you know, with my AM radio. And I do listen to AM radio in the car, and I also uh, I use apps, right? And and listen, things are going to change, but right now we need AM radio there because a fifty million people listen. B, it is the place that people go also in times of emergency. Uh, for lack of a better uh, uh, expression, uh, AM radio is the cockroach of American media, meaning that uh, there could be uh, you know, a giant holocaust of some type going on. AM radio would crawl out of the ashes and give you what you need. Maybe not the best analogy, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> By the way, somebody in, in where I live, they got a, a, a Bronco, and they put Buck on the license plate. And I was like, you, you, I had it first. All right, let's take a break and come back, wrap up this thing. This is the Rob Carson Show. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Tina Turner just passed away. I don't have time to cover it today, but God bless her, 83 years old. Uh, more on uh, Rhonda Santis tomorrow and other things. God bless you. Until tomorrow, don't catch a stupid. God bless you, Tina, for what you gave the world. See ya.